0: Hey guys, uh, it's good to have a chance to talk with you again. We are doing things a little bit differently in the middle of this uh, coronavirus pandemic. We are uh, filming here at the home of Brandon and Tiffany Mangus and uh, behind me is just a beautiful view. The way this house sits, we're on their back porch, just uh, the view behind me is uh, amazing. I think it sets up a lot of what we're gonna talk about today. We're in the middle of a series uh, 2020 embracing a new vision and I really believe that's what the gospel does in every single area of our life it really gives us a whole new vision. You know, we we talked a couple of weeks ago that uh, sight is a little bit different from vision. Vision is able to to see around the corner, to see some things, see as God sees, a little bit differently than what sight is. And I was, uh, out with Amy this week. We were actually just in one of my favorite spots to go on the, the lake and fish. And we were seeing there was actually a bald eagle that was there and just a beautiful, beautiful bird. You know, it was interesting. I was looking this up online. An eagle has 25 vision. An eagle can see a, a rabbit from over two miles away as it's perched up on the top of the tree. That's just, that's just unbelievable. Maybe one of the greatest uh, baseball players, certainly one of the greatest hitters of all time, was a man by the name of Ted Williams. And Ted Williams was the last hitter in Major League Baseball to hit over 400. And uh, he interrupted his career to go serve in World War II where he was a fighter pilot as he was going into the military service and going through his physical, they found something out interesting about Ted Williams, one of the greatest hitters of all times. He had 2010 vision. So just this amazing vision. And so one of the things that I think we need right now in our life, more than any other time is is we need we need to see things as God sees things. And so today we're going to talk about really the birth of vision as it relates to suffering because we are we're going through a difficult season uh, in our life and we're suffering in in many ways. You know, there's a passage in Proverbs, Proverbs chapter 29 verse 18. Uh, I learned it this way as a kid. It says where there is no vision, the people perish. And so without vision, without God's vision, we really can begin to to die in our life in so many ways. Another translation says, where there is no vision, people cast off restraint. So without a clear vision, without seeing as God sees, it affects every area of our life. You know, as we think about Vision, this is an amazing view. And and vision in many ways is kind of elevated where we're able to be up and and see things that others uh, can. And I think we're gonna see that today as we think about suffering. Certainly see that uh, from this view that we have directly behind us. But there's some things that cloud our vision. You know, sin and my selfishness, it clouds my vision. We're gonna see today that suffering many times clouds our vision. In the midst of suffering, we kind of lose sight or we lose perspective uh, in so many ways. You know this coronavirus that we're going through right now has uh, has affected our vision. We've sort of lost sight of some things, uh, and it's easy to do in the midst of being worried about your health and being worried about finances. To to Being uh, really struggling, being away from your family, you know, being a grandparent and not being able to be with your your grandchildren, not being able to be around friends, and not being able to worship together—those things are all difficult. And in some ways, we're we're suffering like uh, perhaps uh, we haven't before in our life. You know, I think about. High school students uh, right now not being able to go to the prom, seniors not being able to graduate, me not being able to eat at La Siesta, my favorite Mexican restaurant. So, all these things are difficult. And so, suffering many times will cloud our vision. But for the next few minutes, as you're gathered around maybe your kitchen and your laptop, or you're streaming on your television, or maybe just watching on your phone. I would encourage you to open up the scripture, John chapter 16, and we're gonna see as Jesus is teaching His disciples, He's giving them a vision on suffering. In other words, He's helping them see as He sees, as the Father sees, about such an important issue. And I think we need this message today really like never uh, before. In John chapter 16, Jesus begins this way. In verse one, He says, "'All this I have told you so that you will not fall away.'" This is getting towards the end of Jesus' ministry, and this is sort of like master's level material that he's dealing with his disciples about. He says, I don't want you to fall away and this is maybe going to be one of the greatest challenges of your faith. One of the greatest challenges of their faith was going to be how they dealt with suffering. Specifically what Jesus is talking about here is he's about to let them know, and he's done that before, that he's going away and there's going to be an intense amount of sadness related to his departure, but he's coming again. He says, they will put you out of the synagogue. In fact, the time is coming when anyone who kills you will think they're offering a service to God. They will do such things because they have not known their father or me. That's an interesting distinctive. Jesus is telling us, we're gonna look at this later on. He's he's showing them the source of suffering, which if you're gonna have a clear vision on suffering, you have to understand that. He said, the people that are gonna do these things, these harmful things, do you even uh, take in your own life? They're gonna do that because they're not motivated by our heavenly father. In fact, it's just, just the opposite. Jesus says in verse 4, I have told you this so that when their time comes, if you have your Bible open, you might even want to underline that word time, that season or that period. Jesus is saying here that suffering just has a season. There is a shelf life to suffering, and that's going to help us with our vision as we kind of begin to work work through this. I've told you this so that when their time comes, you will remember that I warned you about them. So Jesus says that when it relates to suffering, I've, I've told you, I want you to be prepared. Now look on down in your scripture, going down to about verse 20. And again, Jesus is talking about something very specific here. He's talking about how difficult it's going to be when He is arrested, when He's crucified, and He's away from the disciples, and He's buried, and the grief that they're going to have over them, uh, uh, that comes over them, Jesus is preparing them for this suffering. Look at verse 20, Jesus says, very truly I tell you, now when Jesus says this, when He uses this phrase, very truly, it's another way of Him saying, hey, listen up, this is super important, I don't want you to miss this. And again, what Jesus doing? Jesus is giving them and us a vision for suffering. He's really allowing us to rise up above the situation, to have a view over suffering that not everybody has. Very truly, I tell you, you will weep and you will mourn while the world rejoices. You will grieve, but your grief will turn to joy. And then in verse 21, this is amazing what Jesus is about to do. He's going to illustrate suffering, and, and it may be kind of peculiar. The illustration that he chooses is a, a woman given birth. Listen to what Jesus says. He says, a woman given birth to a child has pain because her time has come. In other words, the suffering of labor. But when her baby is born, she forgets the anguish because of her joy that a child is born into the world. You know, that, that's one of the interesting things. Some of you might say, well, Pastor Brady, I, I don't really want you to tell us. The ladies are saying, I don't want you. To talk anything about delivery, you don't know what that's about. Well, what well, Jesus did. He, he he talked about it a little bit, and you know, one of the things is all the pain of labor. And you ask, why in the world would what a woman have, will go through that? Because she holds that child in her arms, and it's worth it. That's what Jesus is saying. Verse 22, Jesus says, So with you, now is your, here's this phrase again, now is your time of grief. Again, Jesus is reminding us, he's given us a vision for suffering, that there's a shelf life to suffering. Now is your time of grief, but I will see you again and you will rejoice and no one will take your joy away. Now, there's a couple things, just uh. Rather quickly, I'd like to talk to you about that I think will help you and help me, because I need it, have a vision for suffering. Jesus is is really teaching us some really important things. And now, anytime we talk about suffering or anytime we talk about pain, this is really uh, on the fringes of the mysteries of the things of God. Um, During this time of quarantine, uh, Amy, she put together a big crossword puzzle and she's good at that, she enjoys that. I'm like terrible at it. I can just, the only thing I can do is find the edge pieces, you know, the corner pieces. I can sort of find those, that, that that's about it. And so really when it comes to suffering, we can kinda, we can sort of see the pieces around the edge and it doesn't just always just come together for us, but Jesus has given us a framework. He's helping us to see things that we've never seen before as it relates to suffering. So here's the first thing that I think we see in this. Number one, A person who has vision, isn't surprised by suffering. Let me say that to you again. A person who has vision, God's vision, a person who's beginning to see as God sees. And that's what I want for this series. In all these issues that we're going to talk about, I mean, even last week, Nick talked about just a vision for understanding the nature of God and his grace and his mercy. Now we're going to begin to look at a vision for suffering, how we see suffering. Next week, I I can't wait. We're going to talk about marriage, really a vision for marriage, how we see this. The gospel changes all of that. But a person of vision isn't Really surprised by suffering. Look at the very last verse in chapter 16. Listen to what Jesus said I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble. Jesus tells us that, but take heart, I've overcome the world. So we're not surprised by suffering. You know, one of the things that I've done during this time is I don't know, there's a lot of things that have been different but I've watched the, the weather more. Like I'm looking at sort of the seven day forecast. I wanna see the weather, cause it's amazing. Like when the weather's really good, it just makes such a difference. I can get out and walk and uh, we, we just feel better when the weather's good. So I'm I'm watching that more. But when you look at the forecast, there's just always uh, some difference in the weather. You know, there's gonna be a couple days in the next week that we're gonna have some sun. There's gonna be a couple days it's gonna be, be cloudy. There's gonna be a couple days we're gonna get some rain. And and so that's really a seven day forecast for our life. Jesus is preparing us that, uh, there's going to be suffering. There's going to be some different and difficult times in our life. Uh, the fifth century church father Augustine says, says this. He said, he said, God had one son on earth without sin, that's Jesus, but he said, but never one without suffering. You know, suffering is close to us all. My office, where, where my uh, desk is at the church, sits, I- I'm guessing, uh, just um, a couple hundred yards away from one of the bloodiest battles in the Civil War. I'm often reminded of this as I walk out of my office and just kind of the glass that's in the front of the church and I just look right across the street. You can literally throw a rock from our parking lot into the Stones River battlefield. I remember as a, as a young man growing up just in this same part of our, our city, and there used to be a road that drove uh, right through. You could drive right through the battlefield at, at, at night. That's the way I would kind of head back home uh, late in the evening. went right down Wilkerson Pike, and it went right beside the slaughter pen. And if you've ever been over there to the battlefield and, and you, you've read on some of the markers, you know, there were 25,000, almost 25,000 soldiers that died right there in the Battle of Stones River that took place in 1862 around Christmas time. But in the fiercest of the battle, there was an area there called the Slaughter Pen. And the reason it was called the Slaughter Pen is because the Union soldiers, they'd never seen so much carnage, so many bodies that were just laid out there among the outcropped rocks. And it reminded them of the stockyards uh, in Chicago, of the slaughterhouses in Chicago. And I'm reminded of that when I look across the street to that battlefield. It's really a story of my life and it's a story of your life. We're always, many times, very close to suffering. And Jesus tells us that, and a, and a person of vision understands that. So, so part of this perspective is really not being surprised by it. No, number two, here's the second thing, and we saw it in the scripture over and over again. A person of vision sees suffering as a season. What we're going through right now is a season. Um, Amy and I have uh, some friends, their, their daughter had a baby a couple years ago and she actually delivered that baby uh, in an elevator at the hospital. Isn't that like the greatest fear? If you're like a mom and a dad, if your wife is in labor, like if you're a mom uh, waiting to give birth, you want to make sure you get to the hospital and you have plenty of time. You know, labor lasts different time. You know, there's some people that are in labor for 30 minutes, some people for 30 hours. This girl had the baby in an elevator, and so it's different seasons. But what Jesus is real clear about is there's a time frame on suffering. What we're going through right now, it is, it is going to pass. There is a time for suffering, a time for it to end. You know, I think. About about the story of Joseph, uh, the Old Testament story of Joseph in the book of Genesis, Joseph is sold as a slave uh, by his brothers. That's suffering. He makes his way uh, to Egypt there. He's in a foreign land. He's a servant there. He ends up in, in prison uh, for a crime that he did not commit. And so you see a period of 10 years that Joseph really suffers. But So there's sort of different time frames on suffering, but it is a good reminder that suffering really only lasts for a season. And that helps me right now in the midst of the difficult days. Uh, number three, it's really important that a person of vision sees the source of suffering because we're prone to really blame. When we're going through a difficult time, most of the time we wanna, we wanna find someone to blame. And many times we, we blame, blame God. Listen to what Jesus said in John chapter 16. Let me just, let me just remind you of this passage again. We just read it a few moments ago, but I want to go back and look at it just one more time. Jesus said, all this I have told you so that you will not fall away. Now this is an interesting statement and this is the context of suffering. And here's what I know. I know more people who have wandered away or fallen away from the faith because of suffering. Something that they went through in their life. They may have started out with Jesus, started out following Christ, but something happened in their life. Pain happened. It was a loss of a loved one, it was a loss of a marriage, it was a a rebellious child, it was a loss of a business, it was some painful experience in in their life, and because that happened, they weren't prepared for it, they didn't have a proper vision for that, and they fell away. This is what Jesus is warning his disciples. I don't want you to fall away on account of that. And then he goes on to to tell them really the source of this. They will put you out of the synagogues. In fact, the time is coming when anyone who kills you will think they're offering a service to God. They will do such things, Jesus says, here's why, because they have not known the Father are me. They're really under the influence of the enemy. And so here's a person of vision. A person of vision understands the source of suffering. Uh, in the very first chapter of the Bible, listen to what it says about creation. God saw all that he'd made in Genesis chapter 1 verse 31. God saw all that he made and it was very good. Here's a very important principle that you need to understand. Evil and suffering are were never a part of God's original plan for his creation. Evil and suffering were never a part of God's original plan for his creation. But when man rebelled against God, this is just this is just the story of creation. When Adam and Eve, and, and listen, we can blame Adam and Eve, but we are we are just as guilty and just as responsible. When they rebelled against God, it brought the fall. And so nothing exists today the way God originally intended for it to do because of the fall of sin. And so sin brought suffering and separation. Separation from God. And so that's an important thing. If I'm going to be a person of vision as it relates to suffering, I need to understand the source of suffering. Now, here's something that's uh, fascinating. Again, the illustration that Jesus chooses to use with his disciples as he's talking about suffering is is what? It's a woman in labor. And so as we think about this, we think about what the, the consequences that sin brought. In Genesis chapter three, right after the fall, right after Adam and Eve willfully rebel against God, uh, the, the condemnation or the punishment that, that came because of that sin, first of all, to the man, it was a frustration with his, with his work, that it wouldn't be the way that it was before. And with a woman in Genesis chapter three, it would be the pain that she would go through in childbirth. And again, this is just all hearkening back. I think Jesus is trying to get our minds to understand there is a clear source of suffering and it is the enemy. And so I think it's important. Now, if you're a person of vision, let me say this, a person of vision, uh, it really keeps you from being swept by the enemy. Let me let me explain this. I want to try to tie this together. This is a very important point. I, I was, uh, you know, growing up, I was a baseball player, all my life a baseball player. I, I, one of my fondest memories, uh, I wouldn't say it's necessarily fond, I'll rephrase this. One of the memories I have is when I was in college, most of our games were doubleheaders. That means back-to-back games. You played two games in a row. And so uh, if we lost the first game, our coach would do the same thing every time. If he lost the first game of a doubleheader, he'd take the team, he'd take us down to the far corner of the field, out in the corner in the outfield, and I mean, he he'd just really kind of get into us a little bit. And he would say this, guys, you can't get swept today. Now, what he meant by that is in in baseball terms, getting swept is losing both games of a doubleheader. That's like a terrible feeling. You uh, lose the first game and then you lose the second. You you got swept. So something kind of got you fired up to go into that second game so that you didn't get swept. And so here's what I want to tell you. As you become a person of, of vision, God's vision as it relates to suffering, I don't want you to get swept. And you might say, well, what do you mean by that? Because that's the plan. The plan of the enemy is to sweep you. He has already in many ways, he, he won in the past, he brought uh, sin entered in, and he is winning in our present because we blame God for that. He is the source of sin, but he also keeps us from the solution of walking out of it by blaming God. And so I think it's a very important, very important principle. Let me, let me just say it to you this way. Without vision, Satan wins in the past and he will win in your present. And if you're a person that's prone to blaming God in the midst of that, you have to be careful because the enemy will sweep you. That's his plan. Uh, it, I said it this way. If you believe Satan's lie that God is the source of suffering, uh, then I, I really believe this: you're going to have t- a hard time for God being your solution out of it. Let, let's look at the, the fourth point I want to make just very quickly. We, we said that it's important if you're going to be a person of vision as it relates to suffering, uh, we don't need to be taken back. We can anticipate suffering. You know, a woman who's pregnant, she anticipates the labor coming. Uh, she knows that's a, a part of it. Number two, we see that suffering is a season, and 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 Jesus is explaining this when a woman goes into to labor. She understands that this is going to be intense, but there is an end to it. Uh, number three, it's important that we see the the source of suffering. There is a real source of there. There is a real enemy, and we're experiencing that because of it. And then Jesus. Wants us to understand this. There's purpose in suffering. Now, this is a, this is a, this is maybe a hard thing to understand, but it is an amazing thing to understand. Uh, God is not the source of evil. But God will take suffering and he will use it. He will redeem it in many ways for it to be a powerful tool in his hands. In other words, what the enemy, this is exactly what what Joseph says to his brothers, what the enemy means for evil, God takes and he uses it in a powerful way uh, in our life. Now, look at this. As we think about the purpose of, of suffering, look at verse 21 just again as we look through that. Jesus says, a woman giving birth to a child has pain because her time has come, but when her baby is born, she forgets the anguish because of her joy that a child is born into the world. And so she understands the purpose. A woman understands that she has to go through the pain of labor in order to deliver this child you see, and it is worth it. How do I know it's worth it? Because many of you as, as, as moms have had multiple babies, right? I mean, that pain didn't stop you because it was so worth it to hold that child. Uh, some of you are rethinking that now because you've been quarantined with your kids for the last, it seems like eight years. And so that's a difficult thing, but we'll talk about that in a couple of weeks. But vision really looks past labor, really to the delivery, what God is going to do, what he is going to produce in us. And man, I gotta tell you something about this difficult season that we're going through. It's as if we're experiencing some labor pains, but I believe this, I believe some of the greatest work that God has ever done in your life and in my life could be taking place right now in this season. So Jesus's illustration, even though I'm a man and, and don't fully comprehend all the facets of that like a, like a woman would I understand that on the other side of this pain there could be something great that God is doing in me and it could be worth it. You see back to the story of Joseph just just a second 10 years going through all of this suffering and then God's plan on the other side if you know the story of Joseph 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 rises to second-in-command in in Egypt. What an amazing position. And and Joseph is there, and God gives him wisdom. He makes decisions in the nation of Egypt. And those decisions uh, to lay aside food that God tells Joseph about— ultimately are used to save the entire nation of Israel. And so 10 years later, finally, it's that aha moment. God, you knew exactly what you were doing and you were using all this for purposes and plans that we had no idea. And I believe that could be happening right now in our life. You see, I think this, God always uses suffering in my life and your life to purify our faith. Here's the problem with suffering, and this is hard truth, man. This is such hard truth right now. Suffering will never make sense in your life and in my life if you value your your life, your health, your wealth over your relationship with Christ. You see because God's trying to purify your faith but you see if we're still in this place where we value all these other things more than that then we're just going to be we're going to be frustrated we're going to be disillusioned but if you're at this place in your life where you value your relationship with God more than anything else that you see that suffering can be a tool that God is using to do something amazing in you and I think one of the things that's so important and I touched on this just a few moments ago but I'm really trying to focus on this in my life a person of vision in the midst of suffering doesn't play the, the blame game in the midst of suffering. They don't blame God or they don't blame others. I I saw a post uh, that someone put in. I understand it, it, it's, it's a good one. It was a, It's a post. It was they were sort of making fun of Jonah and they said, whoever is the Jonah, please go to Nineveh. And what they were really saying is they understood that because Jonah, uh, the Old Testament story of Jonah is Jonah disobeyed God as he was running from God. It affected everybody around him. There was a storm on the sea. Uh, the boat's about to capsize. And so they're really saying, whoever has messed up here, get that right so the rest of us can get on back to our life. And I understand that. Maybe that's kind of a humorous thing. But here's the truth of the matter. I'm the Jonah. Um, I, I can sit and I can blame, blame Eve for her original sin, but I'm guilty and I'm responsible. God, what are you trying to teach me right now in my life? What is an idol in my life that you are bringing to the surface that you're calling me to repent of? I, I think that's what a person of vision does. And they realize this is an amazing time of spiritual growth. growth. I, I think this about suffering. Suffering can provide a great season of spiritual sensitivity. I really think that's what suffering does. I think we're raw right now. And because we're raw, we can be sensitive to things that are going on in our life, idols in our life that we've just we've just missed. We we didn't understand what was happening. And I think this I've heard this multiple times that people talking about the coronavirus, and I want to try to connect these things together. said, you know, it is really time for us as a country to get back to work because what's happening, you know, we, maybe the things that are happening inside homes are, are, are worse, that there's going to be more damage through alcohol abuse or drug abuse or through, through suicide or child abuse, of all these things that can be happening. If we don't get back to work, these things are worse. Now, listen, I, I'm not making a political statement about when anybody goes back to work. That, that's not my point. Here, here's, here's my point, going back to work, won't fix those problems. You see, all this has done is it's brought all those problems that were already there to the surface. You know, if we go back to life as as usual, life as normal, then we just push those problems down. Here's what I'm saying. In the midst of this suffering, the things that have really bubbled up, the things that have been exposed in your life as idols, now is the time to confess those, to repent of those and let God do a cleansing in your life like never before. I'm, I'm telling you, there will never be a greater time in any of our lives probably to experience spiritual growth and in the season that we're in. And that's what suffering does. Let me uh, wrap this up. First Peter chapter one, verse six. Listen to what Simon Peter says. In all this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while you may have had to suffer grief and all kinds of trials. These have come so that the proven genuineness of your faith, your faith and my faith has got to be tested for it can be trusted, and God's doing a work in that. These have come so that the proven genuineness of your faith, faith of greater worth than gold, which perishes even though refined by the fire, may result in praise, glory, and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. You know, a person of vision understands this. They understand that God always does his greatest work, in the midst of suffering. And I believe that's what he could be doing in your life in my life right now. You know, could I ask you this question? What is, what is this season in your life revealing? What's bubbled to the top in this season? And what are you going to do with that? You know, to escape too quick back into the way life was before could miss the opportunity of really a lifetime of really drastic spiritual growth and maybe a spiritual awakening for some of you. Can I close with this question? Why does God allow suffering? I mean, God's big enough to stop it, sure he is. Why does God allow suffering? I think for a couple reasons, and this isn't everything that that we could say, because I don't know. All the answers, but I know one thing. I think God allows suffering because we realize that we're not in control. Do you understand that right now? No one is in control. Uh, this virus uh, started from one person on the other side of the world, and had has shut planet Earth down economically and in so many other ways. You see. What is that really saying? You're not in control. If you think you are, you're wrong. I don't take another breath unless God gives it to me. And the truth of the matter is neither do you. And suffering reminds us that we aren't in control and ultimately gives us an opportunity to trust the one who is in control. You know, another answer, why does God allow suffering? Might be this one word, eternity. Why does God allow suffering? Eternity, eternity exists and Here's the problem, without suffering, we mostly live for the moment. Without suffering, we just mostly live for the moment, but suffering comes and we begin to perhaps contemplate something beyond that. You see, I said something earlier in the message that is not completely true. I said something uh, a few moments ago that went a little bit something like this, that suffering is only for a season. There's a shelf life to suffering that suffering is temporary. Jesus says that your time of suffering. Um, That is not, uh, it's not completely true. For the believer it's true, for the believer it's true. But for those who could be watching right now that have never yielded your life to Christ as your savior and your Lord, it's not true. Because the truth of the matter is if we live this life never giving Christ his rightful place in our life as Savior and Lord, then we will experience suffering for all eternity because we'll spend eternity separated from the presence of God. That's a hard truth, but it is true. You see, to be honest, it's the ultimate sweep. We talked earlier about what it means to be swept, to lose both games of a doubleheader. Satan wants to sweep you. And and, and I said this, uh, Satan's a source of suffering. So in, in some ways, he's been victorious in the past. If we blame God, he can be victorious. Satan can in the present. And listen, here it is. If we reject Christ during our time here on planet earth, we will spend eternity separated from God. And so it's the ultimate sweep. But see, it doesn't have to be that way for you. It doesn't have to be that way. And maybe right now, maybe right now, you're open to things spiritually like never before. You see, when sin entered in, two things happen. First of all, we experience suffering and we experience separation from God. But when Christ entered in 2000 years ago, he experienced the full wrath of suffering. Why? So that we could be connected to God. And right now through putting your faith and trust in God, that bridge can be crossed and you can be connected. What sin destroyed the righteousness of Jesus Christ and trust in him can restore. I I would hope and pray that even today, some of you right now would say this, you know what? I'm not in control, I realize that. This season has reminded me I'm not in control. Secondly, God, I have blamed you over and over again and I realize today that, that you're not the source but you are the solution. I see clear enough today to see that and I wanna trust you as my solution, as my savior. And so I want you to do something with me. Would you just close your eyes right there in your home? And I want to I pray for you right now if I could. And if this is something that you desire, if this is something that you would like to say to the Lord in a very personal way, I'd encourage you uh, to do that. Can we pray? Father, we love you. Father, this is a hard season. And we thank you for reminding us that the suffering was going to come. Thank you for reminding us that there is a season to suffering. Thank you for reminding us that you're not the source of it. And Lord, thank you for even reminding us that you do your greatest work in the midst of it. And Father, right now, for some people watching, the greatest work that you want to do in their life needs to begin today as they hand over the control of their life to you. And so for those of you today who would like to do that, would you just pray this? Father, today, I trust you. Jesus, I believe that you died in my place so that I could be connected to Holy God. And Jesus, I turn from being in control of my life. And Jesus, today, I surrender control to you. In Jesus' name we pray.